This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I am just going to let you in on a little secret. So when we do get to the main event tonight, you understand... If you do anything with the Ghostbusters, I, Simon Miller here at What Culture, will get very excited. Like if Slimer came in here right now, I would try to hug him and probably give him a kiss. And as we know, that's gonna end up barely for me, because I'm gonna get Slimer. And yes, finally, AEW Dynamite is back on to Wednesday nights. So we've got to take the finger up power and get the good bits and up and the bad bits are down. But before we do get there, I just want to tell you about Michael Sidwicks, he who works here at What Culture, brand new book which is known as Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW. It goes into how All Elite Wrestling has gone from absolutely nothing to a wrestling powerhouse in just two years. And you can find it over at whatculture.bigcartel.com. I tell you this, it will be a good read. He knows what he's doing. But as I've already said, my name is Simon from What Culture. That's what it says on my birth certificate. And let's up those doubts. This was ridiculous, wasn't it? Because not only was there a sign at the start of AEW Dynamite saying, Simon, give Boston a golden up. There was also somebody else wearing a t-shirt saying, Simon, give me an up. And I didn't make those t-shirts. Those t-shirts don't exist, which meant this person went out of their way to do it. And you have no idea how much this floored me. Like I face palmed so hard, I couldn't take my hand off of my skull. I just could not believe it. So as always, thank you very much. You have no idea how much I appreciate you. And of course, you ask, you receive, gold up. And then CM Non-Trunks was here. He was back in his long boys, which once again becomes a conversation. But as I always say, I enjoy the fact he keeps changing it up. It makes it so exciting. Oh, what's he going to be wearing this evening? And he was taken on Bobby Fish, which is yet another one of these matches where you're just like... <laughs> 2021, you're so crazy. My favorite thing about CM Punk's array of matches so far as well is that they all work differently. Like maybe this one was lacking in drama compared to some of the others, but it was a proper, ha I'm a wrestler and I'm a fish. Let's try and outdo each other. I mean, early on they were trying to do this and like pick each other apart, but they realized they were at a stalemate. 
The CM Punk was like, okay, well, I'm going to grab you. I'm going to slab you a few times and I'm going to go for the GTS. But Bobby was like, no, no, no. And he swam away. It was a big mistake, though, because Punk then did a dive. So he kind of went back on that thing when he was talking about Darby Allen and his dives, but it still made me go, wahoo, wahey, you love to see it. CM Punk then went for his big elbow, but Bobby Fish got out of the way and they ended up on the outside. And that's when Bob went to work on CM Punk's knee. Because as always, this is just an intelligent thing to do if you are a wrestler who has come from the sea. If you ensure a man can't walk, he ain't going to be able to do nice. Somehow they still both ended up on the top rope. But after CM Punk had shoved Fish off of there, he did give him his big elbow drop. But he did it off one leg because, of course, the other one had been wounded. All wrestlers need to take note of this. Fish then got out of another GTS attempt, I guess because he's just so wet, but this was all for naught because CM Punk finally got it. One, two, three, and CM gets another victory. The interesting part here though, was at about like 3.4, Bobby Fish got his shoulder up. So I don't know if that's gonna tie into something, but it did raise my eyebrow. And sure, yeah, the finish did kind of come out of nowhere, but it was yet another solid CM Punk match. Malachi Black then continued to smack it because he was here and he was all like, Cody Rhodes, look what I've done to you. You absolute fool. I've turned the fans against you. I've turned your family against you. You are nothing. You are a piece of trash. And if you keep getting up in my drill like this, I'm going to continue to do it. <laughs> Malachi Black, you're the coolest person on the planet. Will you be my friend? MGF2. I mean, this guy, he is just on a tear. But all week he had been bigging up the fact that he was going to have a match on Dynamite and surprise, surprise, it turned out to be against someone who I suppose will describe as an enhancement talent. But Bryce Donovan was here and he lasted around about 38 seconds. He got heat seeker one, two, three, he was done. This allowed Maxwell to just start ripping on Boston though. And as always, some of the stuff he says, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe these words are coming out of his mouth. And because he is so sure that Darby Allen is never going to come back to AEW, he is now turning his sight to after the Full Gear pay-per-view where he wants to take on either Kenny Omega or Hangman Adam Page for the world title. And you don't just say these things, I think it could be in his future. You knew something was about to happen because if it didn't, it wouldn't be a wrestling show. And that's when Sting's music started to play. So I got all excited. But as it turned out, this was a ruse because Maxwell just started going, ah, ha, 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 I knew you idiots would fall for this. So I suppose he bribed the sound guy beforehand and said, when I say this word, you play Sting's theme. So really, we need to talk to that sign guy because he is not doing a very good job. When the lights went off again though, he assumed that this was Sean Spears doing, but it wasn't. We cut to the big screen and there was Darby Allen beating up somebody dressed like MGF. And then when the lights went off again and they came back on, who was in the ring but Sting? My word, do I love this lights out spot. He had a bat too, so he beat the shit out of Sean Spears and Wardlow. And as MGF tried to leg it, who stopped him in the crowd? None other than Darby Allen, who was wearing this trench coat. I don't want to be that guy. It kind of looked like Inspector Gadget. Friedman ran away though as Allen made his big return to Dynamite. And he also had a skateboard that had a bunch of thumbtacks in it. And he whammed Wardlow right in the back. And if you want to see how vicious this was, just go find the picture on social media. Made me feel all ugly bugly. We kept this really simple too as Darby then got on the microphone and just said full gear. So we are going to do that match. 
and I have absolutely no idea which way we're going to go. Because MGF should really win, but also Darby Allen should really win, and that means we're going to be in a stalemate. It also means it will be a fine, fine professional wrestling match, because the whole time I'll be going, I don't know what's going to happen. So this is just a really good feud, and I think the guy who was dressed up as MGF as Darby Allen beat them up was none other than JPEG Mafia. Go check that dude out. He knows what he's doing. Britt Baker and her goons were backstage next, and Britt lost her mind when she found out that on this week's episode of AEW Rampage, she's going to have a trick-or-treat fight against Abaddon. Honestly, if somebody told me I had to fight Abaddon, I would run that away. She's a scary pup. Britt then calmed down when she learned it was going to be a new DQ because she's got a bunch of tricks up her sleeve. And I really enjoy a wrestling company who just embraces the idea of Halloween to this degree. And again, just you wait till we get to main event. It was a big night for Dynamite 2 because the TNT title was then on the line. Because it was Sammy Guevara versus Ethan Page. And because I am a massive nerd, I totally believe that maybe, just maybe, Ethan Page could win here. Because eventually you know that AEW is going to do that with the TNT title. Someone's going to get it and then a few weeks later they're going to lose it just to teach you that yes, sometimes it can happen. I mean, I was wrong on this evening, so what a moron, but man, I do believe. There was also a bunch of stipulations here too, because of course if Sammy held on to his belt, it meant the inner circle were allowed to choose which members of American Top Team would be in their match. But if Ethan Page won, he would become the champion, and probably do that a lot, that's what people do in wrestling. But also, Sammy Guevara would be kicked out of the inner circle. We had really rammed up the stakes. Guevara just wrecked Ethan before the match had even begun though, which is exactly what a real human being would do. I mean, the men of the year have been super dicks for the last few weeks. You wouldn't just walk down and do a lockup and be like, oh, my dove, we're having a good old grapple now. No, you get your foot and you get to kick in. That's exactly what this man did. He also followed all this up with a stupid dive and grab page and threw him over the timekeeper's table. And it was only then we got the ding, ding, ding. So we weren't mucking around. Sammy was just going wild here too. And Ethan Page was like, ah, I don't know what to do. Until he remembered that Sammy Guevara was a man and had a pair of testicles. So he crotched him on the top rope. And yeah, that'll do it. Page took over a little while from there, and as soon as he thought he could hit the ego's edge, he went for it. But that was a terrible plan, because it just sent Sammy nuts. I mean, he was doing springboard cars, he was doing standing Spanish flies, and he even did a shooting star press to the floor. That's right. Ethan Page was on the outside, and Sammy Guevara climbed up to the top and gave him a shooting star press. Like, that's a perfectly normal thing to do. Paige was still somehow able to reverse the GTH into this cool-looking slam thing. And then he, too, looked at Guevara and went, you know what, I think I should kill you. And he was going to give him the ego's edge off the top. And I was just like, no, 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 you can't do this. But thankfully, Sammy was able to turn it into a hurricanrana and then turn it into the most devastating move. And, oh, that's sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. He got the pinfall, and he is still your D&D champion. So this was really fun. Obviously, right afterwards, Scorpio Sky was livid, so he got in there and started to do a beatdown. But then out came the inner circle, including Chris Jericho, who was fresh from his cruise. He also then made reference to the fact that Ethan Page was probably in his hotel room masturbating last night. And I was a bit like, well, I bet lots of people were in their hotel room masturbating last night, so I didn't get that one. And let us know that it is going to be the inner circle versus the American top team at the pay-per-view, and it will be a street fight. We'll also find out next week who those people are going to be. And Junior Dos Santos better be in it. He's the greatest one of the bunch. So then had this awesome back and forth promo between Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston to the point you could kind of go, man, 
I think they may have pissed each other off. Because earlier in the week, Brian had said, you know what, Eddie Kingston, he's a great wrestler, but I don't think he works for it. So how the hell is he going to beat me, a man that works every single day of his life? Well, of course, Eddie Kingston was then like, don't appreciate this, Brian Daniels, and you know nothing about me. And when we meet in the ring, you will see how great I am. And he stormed off. And then Danielson was like, man, that's the Eddie Kingston I want because we're going to meet in the world title tournament and I want to beat the very best of the best. All of this was just perfect. And it only took about two minutes. This is all you need to do. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Before we go any further though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. We also saw the Lucha Brothers laying down a challenge to FTR, so of course eventually they are going to fight for those AEW World Tag Team titles, and they should do this. They all hate each other, sell in the ring. Speaking of tournament two, we were then on to the next round of the Women's TBS title tournament. Honestly, this may be the best women's match we've seen in AEW, or at least it's up there, and it's good enough. Because it was Sheena versus Serena Deeb, and I swear these two just get better and better and better every single time they're in the ring. And the cool thing about this match is you also had the whole story of Serena Deeb being like, remember that last time we met and I smashed a trophy over your head? So obviously this time Sheena was like, yeah, I didn't like that, so now I'm going to be super aggressive. This is exactly what they did. I mean, Sheena was just battering her to begin with, so Dean was like, all right, I'm gonna pepper you with punches, but that didn't work. And even when Serena went for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, Sheena powered out with so much force, Serena Dean got thrown to the outside. I mean, honestly, how good was this? And then Sheena was gonna go for that kick thing she does off the chair, but Serena was like, nope, nope, you're not gonna do it. But it turned out it was a ruse anyway, because Sheena hit a running drop kick off the steel steps. 
And that was it at this point. I was like, somebody plug me in, because I'm ready. Dean was then like, man, I'm gonna have to do something. So I know what I will do. Given that I kind of look like I'm dressed like Breast the Hitman Hart, I will grab Sheeta's leg and I will do the figure four around the ring post. And I really appreciated this. Brought back many, many memories. They were then just in and out of submissions, like reversing these kind of things is super easy. And because once again, Serena Duke just couldn't get her way, she went and got that damn trophy again. And she had bad intentions. She had learned from last time though, because she's a really good baby face. So she stole it away. And that's when the referee saw this. Like, Sheeta, no, don't do it, don't do it. And once again, because she is a good guy, she didn't do it. But as the official was getting rid of the trophy, that damn Serena Deeb, she snuck up like some kind of super villain and poked Sheeta right in the eye. This was yet another near full tease though, because then Serena Deeb went for another most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, and my word, that got a great near fall. And then after they exchanged a bunch of other cradles, Sheeta finally got the most devastating one, I suppose, and she won the thing. I was exhausted. This may have been one of the best things on Dynamite. We are gonna get more of this too because there was a great post-match angle because Serena Deeb was so mad, she smashed the shib out of Sheeta's leg with a steel chair. So now I bet Tony Khan's gonna have to go, well, Sheeta can't be in the tournament anymore because she had to leave due to injury, which will be to another match. That is perfectly fine with me. If you wanna do this every single week, AEW, I ain't gonna complain. Flew to Leo Rush and Dante Martin in the back when we find out that they're not gonna have their big tag team match against the Sidales because Mike is injured. So instead, we're gonna do Matt versus Dante round three. Now I would have preferred Leo versus Matt just because it would have been different, but Rush kind of justified it here by saying one, I shall have my match when I'm ready, but also two, because I'm now teamed with Dante Martin, he will finally beat Matt Seidel and off to the races we'll go. The whole time Dante Martin kind of looked pissed off by this, so I wanted to whisper in his ear, dude, you don't have to team up with Leo Rush, you can just leave. But forget that for a second, because I really like these two together. Leo Rush just so good in this role. We are definitely planning something interesting with John Moxley too, because we were back to our AEW World Title Tournament, where it was Mox versus 10 from the Dark Order, and he absolutely pulverized this guy. And I was like, huh. I mean, he's not exactly a jobber, is he 10 from the Dark Order? And while he got a few shots in here, essentially, he got his ass whooped. He got hit by the paradigm shift. One, two, three. And I'd say we were done in two minutes. It has got me utterly intrigued, though, because I have a feeling that Mox is going to make it all the way to the final and then maybe pull a heel turn out of his ass. Or maybe it's just a trick. But either way, I am desperate to see where it is going to go. That's why I'm giving it up. FTR then responded to the Lucha Brothers and said, hey man, you wanna have a match with us? That sounds like a great idea. So obviously we are gonna do this match. Cody Rhodes then reminded us, no matter how much the internet wants to go, he doesn't get it, he's not very self-aware. He totally gets it and he is completely self-aware and he's also a damn good wrestler. Up. I mean, the first thing he did was to address the many boos he has been getting and actually said, look, I hear you. I know you're booing me. I'm well aware. And then he even made reference to the fact that in last week's match, he was going to tease the pedigree, but he decided against it because he doesn't want to be that kind of dude because it's too easy. He then even asked the fans to remember who helped build this place and he took off his shoes and he threw them into the crowd. So he was quite literally saying, why don't you take a walk in my shoes? 
And then he even said, because look, I know I have things going on. My wife is hotter than me. I don't even deserve my own child. And when it comes to my brother, Dustin Rhodes, well, maybe he's a better wrestler. For all this and more though, he will never turn and he even used that word because he just loves the fans so much. And whether this works or not, what great character progression is this? He is literally coming out and saying, look, sure, you want to boo me, boo me. You want to jeer me, jeer me. But I know how I feel deep down in my tum-tum and I am going to stand up to that no matter what it entails. And if nothing else, he is actually addressing the audience. And nobody backstage in AEW could have been 100% sure, oh, if we do that, Cody Rhodes is gonna get booed. So we've heard it, and now we're making shifts in the story. That just gets a round of applause because it's exactly what wrestling should be. Rose then gave all the love to Arn Anderson as well, which was nice, and I had something in my eye when Andrade came out and he totally smashed it too. Because he came out and said that him and Cody are in the same boat because the fans hate him, but he doesn't give a shib, and then told Mr. Rhodes to stop making stupid mistakes, such as that stupid neck tattoo. Now, we all laughed at this because it is funny. I think anybody should be able to get any tattoo they want. If you want to have, I don't know, ass written on your face, you should do it, but it's a terrible idea. But again, it was pretty funny. The other stupid decision he has made is getting in Andrade's business, which is why now Mr. Tranquilo is going to make him his little bitch. I don't know what that means, but the lights then did go off and I was like, tee -hee -hee, twice in one night. I was so happy when they came back on. Malachi Black was there. He spat the goo right into Cody's face and away we went. It was Pac who eventually made the save and he was hilarious as well as he sat down in the ring and just started flipping everybody off. This was such a good wrestling segment. I was having a joyous whole time to the point I can't remember whether I gave it an up or down, but of course it's getting an up and it's really something you should go and watch. And then just as I was searching for more goofy entertainment, I think AEW Dynamite gave me one of the most fun main events I have ever seen in the history of Simon Miller watching professional wrestling. It was Halloween themed for obvious reasons with the Dark Order all dressed up and the elite coming out as Ghostbusters. And as I just said, I'll apply it to here as well. You just have to go and watch it. It is like fun being delivered on your birthday and then fun coming out of personal and just sprinkling all over your face. If you don't have a good time watching it, that is perfectly fine. But boy, howdy, do I feel sorry for you. I mean, right away, John Silver was taking the mick out of Adam Cole's boom and Adam Cole sold that like it was the most insulting thing ever. And Stu Grayson was not only dressed up as Kratos from God of War, but Excalibur on commentary went, oh, hey, look, there's Kratos from God of War. You don't hear these kind of things on wrestling shows. It really appeals to the geeky. This went crazy early on as well after the Elite had distracted the ref, but it was Grayson and Colt Cabana who calmed things down by doing all of these cool moves, including Colt Superman pin, which always gets a reaction out of me. And after Nick Jackson had super kicked him right in the face, John Silver took offense to this and he just started running around the ring like somebody had hit his bonkers button. He really does do a very good hot tag. The Elite came together to drag and suplex the hungry out of him, and this is where the tag clacks and ha went off and everybody was in the ring, which of course ended with a bunch of super kicks. And very unfortunately, by accident, Matt Jackson booted the referee right in the face. Given that he was down as well, it also led to the elite going, oh man, look at all these groinal regions that are ahead of us. And they just started hitting everybody with low blows to the point I started laughing about testicles. It was that point where you're like, this is too many and it's so exaggerated and it's making me chuckle. Just when this couldn't be any more fun though, the Elite got their Ghostbuster protein packs and not only used them like weapons when they threw their back into the Dark Order, but they picked up Colt Cabana and they gave him a powerbomb onto the protein packs. 
I shouldn't be able to say these sentences. This nonsense got even more wonderful because a horse ran out from the backstage area, not a real horse, somebody dressed as a horse, and they got in the ring. Because the elite saw him, they thought, well, this must be a Dark Order member. We will give him the BTE trigger. But when they removed the horse's head, oh no, it was Brandon Cutler who had his mouth taped because of course that was the Dark Order's plan. And if you get why it is a horse, I'm just gonna give you a thumbs up. It was a very smart reference. At this point, all the attentions turned to the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man who had been at ringside the entire time. And obviously we all knew what was gonna happen, but the anticipation made it even better. And slowly but surely, the Marshmallow Man ripped off his mask and it was Hangman Adam Page. You would not believe the noise that came out of my mouth. Because he smashed all the elite as much as he could and he took out Mutt Jackson with a buckshot lariat who then got hit by the spin doctor courtesy of John Silver and the Dark Order were able to get the win. And honestly, this was the most satisfying ending to AEW Dynamite, especially because the Cowboy and the rest of the Dark Order were all celebrating. And it goes a bit deeper than that because it is Hangman Adam Page getting another one over Kenny Omega, leaving you to go, well, maybe he's gonna win that belt. That reveal will also be in my brain until the day I die. And also I need somebody to send me a gif of it and I will retweet it every single day. I mean, where else do you get such wonderful nonsense like this? Just to add even more love to it too, there was also a point where it seemed like there was some stuff between Kenny Omega and Adam Cole, so we're gonna build to that program. And I also read something wonderful online where somebody said, maybe Kenny didn't want to tag in Adam Cole because he's a ghostbuster and Adam Cole is a ghost. It's too much. It's too much for my tum-tum here. It's just too great. I mean, seriously, nobody remembers that wrestling is meant to be fun more than AEW. And I mean it, I enjoyed this so much, I watched it twice. And if I watch something twice, it doesn't just get an up, it gets a golden up. That one is gonna be controversial, but again, I had such a good time. And it was yet another awesome episode of AEW Dynamite. People always get mad at me, but I'm not gonna give a down for the sake of a down. You've gotta earn that down, and you've gotta earn that ups. Speaking of herbs, overall, is get it up. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 